0: Hey, Team Flynn, it's Pat here. Thank you so much for joining us today here on SPI. This is the second of a series of episodes that are coming out uh, across several months here where we're handing the microphone to black entrepreneurs in the SPI audience. And this started back in June of 2020 with volume one in episode 426. And in fact, when we made a call out to have black entrepreneurs in the SPI community speak out to have the microphone to share anything that they'd like to share about their experience as a block entrepreneur and the way that we can all learn from that. We had, uh gosh, dozen, like several dozen submissions, some very emotional, some very inspiring, all of them that we can learn from. And we wanted to continue to hand that mic over today here in episode 433. And again, this is not about us. This is about the voices that have always been needed to be heard, the voices that need to be amplified. And we wanna continue that conversation today. So in this episode, you're gonna hear about some particulars that we at Team SPI have been needing to hear and specifically, there's some things that we have been doing uh, and we're trying to do better and we're, we're always learning and we're trying to lead by example here. And again, this is not about us, but this episode actually has some people who have been featured here who uh, are essentially pointing us in the right direction, for lack of a better term. We are also going to come across themes where we need to essentially face our own unconscious biases. Um, there are also some very heavy themes in this particular episode many people who have submitted in this episode are uh, sharing their experiences with threats of violence and prejudice and and other topics that may be difficult for some people and also some young children to listen to as well so I hope that makes sense, but really, again, I'm just thankful that we have this platform here to be able to amplify messages that need to be heard. And I hope that you see these episodes as learning experiences for all of us. And we at TMSPI, we're just so thankful for the open dialogue and the open conversation as we continue to move forward and as we all continue to do better and fight racism. Here we go.
1: My name is Sheena Tubbs. I think the assumption that people make when it comes to getting black, um, black influencers, black brand marketers, black professionals, especially right now, is there's an assumption that is a gimme? It's an assumption that because we're crying and complaining or saying poor me or playing victim, that now you have to put us in there like an affirmative action? Versus, there are so so many so many black business <laughs> marketers professionals online experts out there there's there's no deficit is that we are overlooked and we're not seen and people who are either have less experience or as much experience are the ones who are getting scaffolded and risen up um, and asked and invited to come on to podcasts and I don't think that's intentional. I think there there are a lot of really good people who who try to um, be inclusive and think that they're inclusive, but it's not until right now when actually like all these people are trying to find people to spotlight in their area. And it seems like a lot of people are scrambling. It seems like a lot of people are like, well, I don't really know anyone. And then they ask their community and they're like, I had no idea these people existed. You know, So I would encourage y'all, anyone who has that unconscious bias, that just because you see a Black person in front of you now or you hear a Black person being interviewed on what used to be a mostly white or at least non-Black platform, that they um, are someone to be pitied versus this is a person who has worked as hard, if not harder than you. They have earned it. And they should not be listened to as a pet to, to just give space to, but as someone who who can actually help you grow your business because she or he has done it themselves. So that's my share. As far as who I am, if this is where you want to cut it off, my name is Sheena Tubbs. Um, I own a brand called Black Girls Heal. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Sheena Tubbs. And you can find me on Instagram as well, at tail underscore. Thank you so much.
2: Hey, Pat and Team SPI. To be honest, I, I wasn't even going to do this, but I wanted to tell you thank you. I've always wanted to tell you thank you, and I thought this would be the perfect time. My entrepreneurial journey started when I was homeless in my car, and I still commuted to work, but on my commute, I would listen to your podcast. And it taught me to just be me, to take action, to just do and stop letting things hold me back, such as the way I talk or even the way I look, the the, the color of my skin, you know. And it was at first, I didn't even know that you were even Filipino. And then when, once I found that out, it made me feel even better. And you're a father and you got laid off from your job. It's just like we had so much in common that it just made me continue to listen more and more on my one hour and 15 minute commute to work and then the long commute back home. I listened to every single episode and it just helped me to become better and to start my business. And I don't even want to mention the the, the podcast about the businesses because that's not what this is about. But I don't know what I'm saying. But I also wanted to, for anybody listening, let you know that racism is real. I've been told so many times that that's not what it was about. It didn't mean that. Sometimes I would believe it. I would think maybe I'm just, I don't know. But I remember as a kid, we had these skinheads throw these eggs at us. Um, My brother got chased by the police and they beat him until his eye was shut. And they told him they thought that the N-words were supposed to be fast. Um, I remember I was dating this white girl, but she told me that I can never come inside her house because her parents don't know that I'm black. I remember working at the store as a bagger and to become a cashier, you have to take a test and learn the produce codes. My test had 300 codes that I had to learn and and memorize. My coworker that was also taking the test, hers had 150 codes that she had to memorize. I remember I was working at this call center at this bank, and we were not allowed to wear hoodies. But when it got really cold um, in December, people started wearing hoodies, including me. But I was told that I couldn't wear mine because I look like a thug. That's just a feel. I, I can go on all day with different stories from me or people that i know i remember um just for instance the other day my cousin she asked a question on facebook how old were you when you first had a gun put on you by a cop my response was 15 but i seen people say as low as seven and it just went up from there and what was crazy to me was i thought that this was normal i thought this happened to happens to everybody but it doesn't and I think that's what the problem is. So anyways, I just wanted to just say thank you for listening and just for having this platform. I don't know what the responses you're getting, but just I'm just one person in the Black community that you have helped. And again, I just want to say thank you for that. I appreciate it.
3: Hey, Pat. My name is Daryl Stinson. I'm a pastor, a TEDx speaker, and a suicide survivor. One of the reasons why I attempted suicide multiple times was because of the lack of identity that I had in college, because of being torn between the racial divide that was in my community. So I was a Black kid who got put in accelerated learning classes, and I tell this story in depth on my TEDx talk, Overcoming Rejection, When People Hurt You and Life Isn't Fair. I think it's helpful for people during this time, and I talk about how... I was torn between uh, speaking proper and being accepted by white people, but not being wealthy enough for them to come visit my, my house. And then my family and my black friends uh, said I was too white to be invited to some of their parties. And so um, I started to become a, a really good athlete. And sports became the vehicle that freed me from having to choose between races because people didn't care if I talked white or if I listened to rap music. All they cared about was how many points I scored and if we won the game that week. And so uh, sports became my identity. And I got a Division I, uh scholarship to play football at Central Michigan University. And um, ultimately, my career ended from an abrupt back injury. And, um, you know, uh, that's, you know, one of the reasons why I attempted suicide was because I just didn't know who I was. I had spent my whole life masking my identity behind sports and then that got ripped away from me. And so now through my organization, Second Chance Athletes, we help athletes transition from sports to career and then from career, uh, to reach the top 10% of their industry and build a lasting legacy. And, um, let me also just say that, um, I pastor one of the most racially diverse churches in America. Um and um, I'm in a, interracial a marriage. My wife is white, and she's not like ghetto white. <laughs> she's like super white, and uh, we have three beautiful daughters. And we're raising them in Georgia, where um uh, slavery was prominent not too long ago. And uh, this is a tough time uh, for leaders, and this is a tough time for our families. But I say all that to say, um, I've been asked to make my remarks on um multiple media outlets fox news uh abc news uh here locally in Gwinnett county which is a very diverse county and here's some things that i've been saying i am thankful that we're having this conversation i i want us to focus on relationship as the higher goal versus r- race so race is the conversation but relationship is the goal in our marriage we have a lot of issues Uh, But we are able to endure those issues because we have a higher goal of being in relational unity with one another. The same applies to the social change that needs to happen in our nation, is that we may have this issue of racial divide, discrimination, systematic oppression, but when relationship, unity, justice, peace, love is our higher goal, it helps us to endure the difficult conversations. Uh, The other thing I've been saying is, let's say bridge building statements and not bridge burning statements, and let's please, please, please stop putting periods where we should be putting commas. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, Per the Drew Brees situation, um, Drew Brees, I believe, is part of the solution, not part of the problem. Just because somebody says something that is insensitive, we have to stop martyring them and we have to give them grace to say the wrong thing because we're all learning. And the only way we're going to move forward is if we can endure some hurtful remarks and if we can become aware of our, our shortcomings and our lack of knowledge and exposure to these issues and and move forward without feeling uh, guilty. We cannot shame people into change. Uh, I believe that we can love people into change. And so uh, that's what I would say. Um, it starts with things like this. Thank you for using your platform to give a voice to entrepreneurs. Um, thank you for being racially diverse. I would encourage everyone, if you're not racially diverse, please be racially diverse. Um, literally have friends that are different ethnicities than you. Uh, because when you do that, it makes this more about people and less about policy. Um, our church has a conversation on YouTube, on um, Life Church International. You can search racism and reconciliation. We sat down with a group of uh, diverse leaders and we just heard heard them and listened to their stories and their experiences, and it personalized it. And there were some strong opinions from both ends of the spectrum. And then at the same time, we turned around and we listened to our youth. We didn't tell our youth, this is what you should think or say. We just listened to their hurt and their pain. And I really encourage people to go watch it because one of the things we can do as leader is model relational diversity, not just post on social media, but literally be in relationship with one another because that's how we are going to move forward together. So again, thank you for being the listening voice. Um, I'm honored that uh, you're hearing us out during this time. If there's anything that I can do to be of service, you guys just let me know. I'm here, chance uh, secondchanceathletes.com. I'd love to connect and um, thank you again. Appreciate you.
4: Hi, Patton team. Um, first of all, thank you so much for this platform. Uh, thank you so much for your message and also just the willingness to to listen and to engage, which I think is really, really important at this time. I am Yolanda Kebwe Sumokadusi. I am a filmmaker from South Africa. And I kind of wanted to share some of the similarities in our experiences here and also what we are seeing and observing in the US. Before I do that, I just want to mention something before so that I don't forget at the end of my um, little speech. Uh, first thing, um, I started getting some of your emails earlier this year, and I too had started my podcast maybe about two years ago and I just kind of left it because of so many questions and fear and all sorts of things and randomly I started getting some of your um, newsletters um, into my inbox which was very strange because I don't remember signing up for anything but it came at just the right time because this was the year to launch and this was the year to kind of get off my backside and get it going and then another thing I wanted to encourage you with um, was um, so I've just finished an entrepreneurship uh, online course, and um, that's supported or backed by uh, one of the, like a really big bank here in South Africa. And some of your content was um, included in the course, um, just as a like additional reading and things like that. So that was really great to be uh, introduced to the SPI community in that way as well. Um, so with um, just being. Uh, it's just South African and some of the race issues we have here. Um, a lot of them stem from just the legacy that apartheid has left, and a lot of the systematic uh, issues uh, that are in the US are very much here. I think the very the two big differences with the US and us is that here we're the majority, black people and people of color are the majority, and however the the systematic problems are still yeah they're still very much systematic and very much in place and entrenched everywhere, like everywhere. Um, I'll give an example. Um, As a filmmaker uh, here, we pitch um, often to uh, like the national broadcaster. And I remember bumping into a friend, we were both on our way to the airport and I was practicing, I was getting ready to pitch, practicing my little speech there. And he's asking me, okay, so what are you doing? You know, what's happening? And I'm like, no, I'm preparing for a pitch. And he starts um, engaging with me and asking me what this pitch is about. And Long story short, I start telling him, okay, picture's about this, it's set here, it's got these characters and whatnot. And it turns out that they are working on pretty much exactly the same show. Literally, it's a drama. Um, it's set in a certain uh, environment. Um, they've got two brothers as the lead characters. And the only difference was that their two brothers were white because they are white and our two brothers were were black. And it was the strangest Thing. Um, Long story short, they got the job, they got the gig. Uh, However, it was just really strange how it all kind of evolved and how it all um, came out into the open as to what on earth could have happened. Because it sounds like we'd pitched exactly the same show with exactly the same storylines, which is Very, very odd, because even if you have similar stories, you wouldn't necessarily have exactly the same thing going on. Um, And then just having friends ask me about race and are they white, are they this, and um, realizing, oh, wow, I wonder if that indeed um, had a a part to play in, uh, you know, them getting the gig and us not quite getting the gig, even though we're literally pitching the exact same show. Um, Another thing, though, that I've noticed is, even though, again, as I mentioned before, we are the majority, but because the system is so, it's so biased, and it's so, it's just, it's so, it's 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 been there also for such a long time. Um, I found that even other people of color who are part of the system now and who are part of this leadership, um, the discrimination almost uh, is handed down to them, and they kind of, I don't know if they realize it or not, but they kind of perpetuate it. Um, we, we have had shows before where we, we've had such great resistance from uh, like the editorial team for no good reason at all. And the question always comes up: if our team was like white or led by a white male instead of a black female, would they give us just as much trouble? And so sometimes it's also black people who perpetuate. Um, uh, you know, this racist behavior or this like discrimination and these biases. So uh, that's, at least for me as a person of color, it's got me thinking, um, in what ways do I perpetuate this? Uh, Thank you so much again for your show and looking forward to engaging with more of your content.
5: Hey, Pat, this is Anderson. So you and I started uh, around the same time. And I've been following your career for quite some time. Uh, We were both trained by Sterling, aka Jeremy Franson. And uh, you largely followed his advice and I didn't. I went kind of a different path. And um, I appreciate your post. Um, I really do appreciate your post. And um, there's one small distinction that really stood out to me. And I started not to send this message, but I thought that I probably should And if we're having the tough conversations, then now is the time to address the small distinction. So George Floyd and others who were taken too soon were not taken because of the color of their skin, because there's nothing inherently wrong with the color of their skin. But they were taken by something much more nuanced and something that has tended to be invisible. Um, Racism is not an invisible force racism is something that is exhibited by people. And it's not as polite to say these things, but I think the distinction, especially in this context is super duper important. And so what has to be addressed is the tolerance towards violence for people, towards people who look like George Floyd, who look like Brianna Ta- Taylor, who look like so many others. In uh, a long line of people, and also the, you know, this goes deeper, um, and I'm glad to have a conversation about it. But the dehumanization, the demonization, the um, devaluing of of black lives over the course of centuries that contributes to a culture that would then allow. For this type of violence to be enacted upon folks. And so it's not the color of their skin that caused them to die. It is the allowance of this violence to continue in this culture. And so it's the I think the only way to really say it, or the only way that I know how to address it at this particular moment, and I'm open to critique for using this this phrase, but the sickness in our culture that allows us to continue that has killed these people. So, um, again, I thought I should address that small distinction. It is not really nitpicky, but as a Black person myself, there is nothing that happens to me because of the color of my skin. There's nothing wrong with the color of my skin. It is the response of the culture and how we all have been trained in this culture to treat people who have skin that looks like mine. Uh, I have twin sons, and this, of course, is something that I think about often. This is something that I've lived with my entire life. This is something that I have largely learned to deal with and cope with and thrive in the culture, even with the obstacles. Um, I will teach my sons to do the same. I'm hopeful, but I'm cautiously optimistic about the time and the moment that we're in right now. Um, by the way, I did link, I reached out to you on LinkedIn with a story that I was going to tell about you and I starting at the same time. I'm putting that story on pause, obviously, because of the same reason that you guys are pausing. Um, so, again, I'm Anderson, uh, Anderson Willis at, excuse me, aw at explanationvideos.com. Uh, feel free to reach out, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Hey, hey, um, I should probably.
6: Have been more prepared, um, but I missed it. I missed it. Look, Pat Flynn, I'm one of your biggest fans to a certain extent, and I missed this original email. And I and I just noticed that like that what stuck out to me, I guess, was weeks later. No, not weeks later, but but so this original email came out on the fifth, and then you had something that came out on the twelfth that kind of piqued my interest because it's in the subject. It was Black Entrepreneurs Speak Out smart digest but you know the other one was just message from our team which kind of didn't speak out for me i mean you know, didn't stick out for me and look man i am again I'm, I'm a fan um your your journey is inspiring like that whole elephant book that you you wrote and the just a whole journey of the of the um you know starting with the blog and how you open it up so I'm a fan, man. And I, I, I really I really dig how you've been able to do things, although I will have to tell you, man, there's times that you have, in my humble opinion, missed the mark, I don't know if it is a, a, a thing that um, that that sometimes folks don't even recognize Uh, You know, if I didn't say before, man, my name is Butch Gibson and whoever happens to be listening to this or screening this, if if it's Pat himself, I'm glad I I have no ill will against you. I have nothing but encouragement for you. But I can say that it is uh, it is typical as a black man. It is typical at times that as I just kind of wander through this world like I do, that there are people that just have a, a certain. Not, and and it sounds maybe derogatory a certain set of blinders on where it's like they just don't see past whatever particular box they're in. I'm not necessarily suggesting that you are unable to see past the box, but you have actually motivated me for years and it is a specific incident, not just your 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 history and and you know all that you've done in, in your life, but I will tell you specifically and explicitly that there was a time when I got an email from you and it, it was it was kind of late in the year, it might have been November or December. I got an email from you and it it kind of I'm paraphrasing it, you know, but it kind of had the, the hint of, hey, let's start the new year off right by, you know, offering you some motivational content for the entire year. And I'd, I'd probably have to look back and read over that over that email if I if it's not. Uh, gone by now. But I, I remember that there, I, 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 like I said, I could be wrong, but if it, it was either 12 or 18 months calendar that you were offering, you had to click and you know receive the calendar. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. I can do that. And I, w- I was working at a job where I could hang some stuff up. And I thought, hey, I'll get this and I'll hang up this this calendar and be motivated while I'm here at work. And when I got the calendar and I looked at it, Not one of those people looked like me. And like, I know that there are some people that motivate me. And I I remember thinking about this email that I wanted to, I wanted to send this voicemail to you. And I wanted to be able to just rattle off some people who, who motivated me. And um, I I wanted to be ready with it. But I know that not only are are there people that I know, but there are people that, you know, like, like Leslie, Leslie Samuel, I'm like, don't y'all like kick it together? Like, why wasn't he on the calendar? You know, but you know, there's, there's Leslie Samuel, there's Frederick Van Johnson, there's uh, from Frederick Van Johnson from uh, this week in photo, and then Snap Judgments, um, Glenn Washington. You know, those are the kind of people that that motivate me. And and oh wait, um, my man, uh, Shannon Cason. Shannon Casing from, um, oh, man, what is it? From Homemade Stories. You know, so there's some podcasters out there. And, and it's, it doesn't have to be limited to pod, to the podcast community. But, you know, I was just, I was a little taken aback. Like, you know, it was just kind of a reminder of the world in which we live that sometimes people of color don't seem to be a part of it, don't seem to just automatically be a part. And, I, you know, I'm not bashing you, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of pointing that out. But, but from that, I would probably encourage you if, if you've got time to just look up the hashtag my hidden figures. And I probably said this, I probably sent you an email about it because it's, it's kind of been festering, but I don't want it to be a negative. I want it to be a positive that when you sent me all of those motivational people that, that, you know, motivated you and that were, you know, I guess supposed to motivate me and no one looked like me. I took it upon myself to come up with people that motivated me. And I do this every year. So during the month of February, it took me some time to kind of work it out. But during the month of February, every day I bring up a different person, a person of color, a black person doing Black History Month that has motivated me. And I celebrate them on all social media platforms. So Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. So if you just search that hashtag, my hidden figures, I want you to know that your original calendar, your motivational calendar was the motivation for me to come up with that whole concept and that whole idea. And I've been, you know, and this year was one of the best because I I work in an elementary school and they, they, they put this challenge out to the students and staff and they all... They all put up, like, actual physical um, – we made this little document. They just they, they put up physical posters in the main hallway of who their hidden figures were and who meant something to them and who was important, an important person co- of color in their life that made a difference. And, and, look, man, I just wanted to share that with you, and, and I don't know if this is something that's shareable or if this is something – that if I'm just too late if I'm just too late to even even bring that up (sighs) if it's just way beyond the mark but if nothing else if it's just for you pat I want you to know that I want you to know that I was hurt by it but no more hurt than I'm hurt on a regular basis when you sent me that calendar with nobody that looks like me but I turned my frown upside down and I tried to make something positive out of it so keep up the good work man and and um if you ever hear this, great. I, you know, no need to reply. If you want to, my name is Butch Gibson, man. I'm I'm all on all platforms at Butch Gibson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ButchGibson.com, and uh, yeah. I just hope, man. I, I feel like you're an ally, <laughs> and these are challenging times, and we need some allies. And and I just I just wanted to share that with you, man. So keep up the good work. Peace and blessings.
7: Hi, my name is Dr. Amanda Kemp and um, I have been following you, Pat Flynn, for a while now. My business is DrAmandaKemp.com and we are a racial justice and mindfulness company. We help leaders um, put racial justice and self-compassion in the same lane. And um, I think what would be most helpful for me as a Black entrepreneur right now is for more people in the entrepreneur community to be interested in finding out about their implicit uh, racial bias, that automatic, unstated, um, but powerful motivator that's happening and about structural bias so that what makes it harder for us as Black entrepreneurs. So that's what would be helpful to me I'm comfortable with you sharing my voice publicly, and um, I encourage you all to check out what I do at DrAmandaKemp.com. That's Kemp. Thank you.
8: Hi, I'm Charles Ribbon III, a.k.a. The American Prince Charles III, and I have a show on YouTube by the name of My Castle Life. And I would like to first thank you, Pat, for setting up a section for the African-American creators to speak. And yes, you have my permission to share this along your platform. I wanted to share my experience as a Black man in America. First, let me say as well, I've been truly blessed as a 20-year Navy veteran and a film graduate of the Los Angeles Film School of Hollywood. Being in the military, I've experienced the amazing feelings one can only get being a part of something much larger than himself, and that's the military fraternity of brothers and sisters. I've made friends from all races and walks of life. I've worked with amazing police officers and had to perform the national anthem even for the San Diego Police Department. But I, too, have been racially profiled and discriminated against in and out of the military. Too often, people judge by what they first see. Unfortunately, for racist people, that's your skin tone. One quick encounter I had with a police officer, in 1998, I was driving with a Filipino friend of mine, who was also in the military, and a brand new 5.0 Mustang I had just gotten. We left the Navy base, going to Sears to the mall to shop. We made it to Sears parking lot when blue lights started flashing behind us. I pulled over, although I was getting ready to park anyway. I pulled over in the parking lot (laughs) and a female white officer walked up to me and she asked me, where were we going? I told her to the mall. She asked to see my paperwork. I gave it to her along with my military ID card and driver's license. She quickly looked shocked and was surprised we were military. She looked at my ID and stated, I've been in the military longer than she has been on the force. I was in six years at that time. She quickly gave me my papers and said we looked lost, but she wanted to make sure we found where we needed to go. I told her we were right where we needed to be, Sears. You see, racial profiling has been a tactic for many years as well. As a matter of fact, my white friends actually called me on the day of George Floyd's murder, crying, asking me if I knew what had happened. I was traveling at that time and didn't. They filled me in. And all I can say is that God can turn what was meant for evil into words for his glory. I pray that George Floyd's death We can look racism in the eye and call it for what it is, and that in itself can be a catalyst for change. I started my council life to help those who wanted to go to film school but wasn't able to afford it or was not able to go for whatever reason. The military paid for my school, and so I always say, I went to film school so you don't have to. My platform was created to teach aspiring writers how to structure a story, therefore helping them along their journey. When we come to the conclusion that we are all God's children and treat each other with with mutual respect and how we would want to be treated, then I feel true change and equality would be the new beginning for us Americans. God blessings to all, and please be safe out there.
9: Hi, my name is Malika Alif, and I'm a lifelong entrepreneur and longtime follower of Pat's work in the entrepreneurial space online. I want to thank Pat and the team for opening the door and giving us an opportunity to share some thoughts. As a Black entrepreneur, I honestly feel like there is so little support in our community for this as a path of financial stability for a variety of reasons. I see many, many examples of communities, of of other communities, most notably immigrants, who get it. Entrepreneurship is a path to not just success for yourself and your family, but communities as a whole to uplift them and prevent some of the pervasive poverty and lack of upward mobility that disproportionately affects the black community. In my humble opinion, I think this lack of representation in the business community is part of the reason there is a history of rioting and looting after high profile acts of injustice in black communities because there's an us versus them mentality. When people haven't seen and experienced the hard work that goes into establishing a business, they are more likely to target them when anger boils over. As for how we as Black entrepreneurs can address this, I think we can take more initiative to take a higher profile stance to be part of the solution by doing more grassroots outreach and collaboration with others in our communities. I know that I personally have a business that is pretty much hidden to the outside world, and I am in the process of changing that. I believe that we have a responsibility to not be satisfied by just making money in our little corner of the world, but to also share our lifestyle as a means of community empowerment. Thanks again for providing the opportunity to share, and I give permission to share this publicly.
10: Hello, Pat Flynn, and hello, Smart Passive Income audience, this is William Hemphill. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Georgia. I am the owner of Faith and Family Empowerment, and I am also have a podcast, the Faith and Family Matters podcast. I would like to just leave us with a thought when it comes to race relations in our country. And the acronym I would like to use is LEARN. The L stands for listen. Listen to the voices of African-Americans and our experiences in this country. One of the biggest problems that I have run into and many others I know have run into is that our experiences of racism have often been dismissed by people. So in beginning to try to help the situation, I would say the L in LEARN stands for listen. The E stands for empathize. Empathize. Try to place yourself in the situations or in the experience of an African-American. For example, in the tragic situation of George Floyd, imagine yourself or one of your loved ones lying down on the ground handcuffed, held down po- by police officers while someone is stepping on your neck and choking the life out of you. Maybe even imagine yourself in the, st- in the state of Ahmad Aubrey. You are jogging down the street. You take a look at the house. Then all of a sudden you're chased down by men in a truck, have been hit, and a shotgun is pulled out on you, your son, or your daughter. In other words, empathize, what would that feel like for you? The A in LEARN is for ACT. Find some course of action that you can take. It might be joining an organization, it might be talking in a mixed group or interracial group of people, or it might just be simply using your sphere of influence. Every one of us has a sphere of people that we influence, and we can use that sphere of influence to begin to advocate for those who have been marginalized in society. The R in LEARN is for resist. Resist the urge to step away. Resist the urge to give up when criticism comes, because criticism will come. I have heard this in multiracial discussions. I have heard white people or people of Anglo descent said they have agreed in situations, but when they've gone back to their families, they have been threatened with being ostracized or ridiculed or criticized. Know that when you try to do something different, that resistance is going to come. And so when that does come, resist the urge to step away or back off. And that leads me to the end and learn. Never quit. Never quit fighting for justice. Never quit advocating for others. Never quit working and helping those who are marginalized. Never quit. And the end for never quit would also, I would say, is do the first four steps over and over again listen, empathize, act, resist. So again, the acronym LEARN listen, empathize, act, resist, and never quit. Thank you for so much for giving me this time to speak. And I hope that it blesses each and every one of you. Thank you for your listening. Thank you for your concern. This is William Hempill, licensed professional counselor, pastoral counselor with Faith and Family Matters, the host of the Faith and Family Matters podcast. Take care.
0: All right, thank you so much to every single person who has submitted and who has featured here on the show. We will be having another episode where we're gonna be featuring voices that need to be amplified, messages and stories that need to be heard, especially in light of these themes here today. And most of all, just remember that we at Team SPI, we are learning, I hope you are learning as well, and it's through these honest conversations and these authentic stories, as well as our open minds that allow us to all grow together and create a better world for everybody, and by the way, if you'd like to see the links to these amazing people who were featured in this episode today, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com/slash-session433. I highly recommend you go, you check them out, you you follow them, you learn about them, you learn from them, and this is what we do. So, smartpassiveincome.com/slash-session433. Team Flynn, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. We at Team SPI, we appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next and upcoming episodes.